0: this podcast has been very kindly sponsored by our friends over at liba if you want to find out more about liba's products or brilliant innovations please click the link at the bottom on today's tales from the hook we have the fantastic neil perry neil has worked in industry for 15 whole years now and has no thoughts about leaving neil is a photographer of the built environment He's also the founder of She Builds UK, which we're going to delve into a little bit later because Neil set up something quite special. But thank you for coming on the show,
1: Neil. Thank you. Nice to see you. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you so much for coming on today. I really, really appreciate it. No, not at all. I just wanted to, because you're doing some really interesting stuff in the construction space at the moment. I'm sure you've been doing interesting stuff for a long time. <laughs> not just the last five minutes. I
1: don't want yeah, to yeah, be a yeah.
0: In the last five minutes, you've been doing some really interesting stuff. Yeah, up to um, that,
1: none at all. So we haven't bothered <laughs> to <invited> you on.
0: <laughs> harsh, harsh. Uh, <laughs> so what I want to delve into, before we go into what you're up to at the moment, Neil, I'd yeah. like to delve into your history yeah. and your past and... Yeah. Get the red book out and and go through there. It's like, do you know what? I never realised until I had a look at your LinkedIn profile that you studied music industry management.
1: I did. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know we were going back that far. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm
0: taking it way back. I'm gonna go right. back. I'm gonna go back even further and take it back to when you were in
1: school. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what
0: did what did you want to do when you were in school? Now.
1: Um, I wanted to be a graphic designer um more than anything um uh, my 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 mum was my mum was into my mum was really into architecture but n- not an architect and didn't work in that field in in any shape or form um and my dad for as long as I've known has built exhibition stands um in fact he's in china at the minute putting putting an exhibition stand in now so he's been doing that since I was a kid so he's always been involved in the, the built environment structures and that sort of thing to some degree um, and is and was when I was a kid very creative and I think it just they both just sort of passed that on to me um, and I loved sitting at my desk in my bedroom and getting colouring pencils out and drawing and you know we obviously didn't have iPads or you know couldn't really afford games consoles and what have you back then so that was you know that was that was what I got into was with drawing illustration. Um, and doing graphic design. So when I was when I was at secondary school, I really, really wanted to do that um, <clears throat> all the way through. But I think it kind of fell off a little bit by the time I was in year nine, year ten, when I, I picked up a guitar. Oh, okay. And from that moment on, it was just no. Nah, I just want to be in a band. <laughs> <clears throat> did, so, yeah. you,
0: did, did you get in a band though?
1: I've been I've been in bands now since I was since then since I was 13, 14 years old. That's so, amazing. Uh, yeah, I've I've put I've put albums out. I've been on tour. I've toured the UK a few times. I've been on tour with Ronnie Size. Um, I've played in Europe. I've played on the telly. I've done yeah. I've done a fair bit.
0: <laughs> what what kind of music do you do? I, I see you as a kind of a, a busted type now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jesus. Um when so when I first the the first it's always been heavy. It's always right. been heavy heavy metal, thrash. I'm now in a more sort of sedate punk rock sort of grungy type band um with a bunch of mates that I've known since I was, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. So that's that's really cool. It feels like it's come full circle. Um but it's always been of that heavy that heavy nature, yeah. And I, and I did take it very seriously, and, and you know, sort of early late '90s, early 2000s, it was practically all I did. I I didn't do anything else. Every spare second or penny that I had just went into that band.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. So you're still gigging and everything going around now? And
1: <clears throat> um, yeah, well, we 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 recorded an EP um a few years ago um put that out that's on spotify and then we were sort of midway through writing an album um it's really cool because the band that i've joined now like i say i've known them all for years um and they asked they asked me about four or five years ago they, they were going to record in chicago at uh, a studio called Electrical Audio, which is owned by Steve Albini, who recorded Nirvana's In Utero and some Foo Fire records, and they were going to record there, not with him, but with his, yeah. and uh, it was it was quite a big deal. And the fact that they, you know, it was relatively affordable for them. You know, they said, "Oh, if we pay you, will you come over and?" photograph it and film it and document the experience so I said yeah okay but I, I could actually only do four days over there but I went over and did it and they paid for everything they paid for my flight you know accommodation they paid me um and then at the end of that year they asked me to join <laughs> I thought, oh, that one's worked out all right isn't it
0: is it is it because when you were stood there recording he <coughs> kept like singing along and that
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah they thought oh do you know what actually he's probably all right yeah yeah <laughs>
0: you're like let me just show you how good i am at
1: this yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) just stop that there what i would do (laughs) yeah
0: yeah let me just cut in here
1: yeah so i think like that i mean i went i went to university as what they you know i don't know if they still call it that but back then they called it a mature student which i always thought well that's you know subjective term that one um and i went when i was so most people go they're 18 i went when i was uh, 22 okay um and i th- i think probably because i i just played in bands and all i wanted to do was was music before that so i didn't really there wasn't anything i really wanted to go to university and study yeah. at 18 or 19 um and then yeah 22 i thought do you know what the band that we were i was in at the time was sort of starting to take shape and get some recognition and I thought, well, you know, if I can, if one of us should probably know what all this means and, you know, what's what's involved here. So that's why I went and studied music management. That's yeah.
0: amazing. And yeah. then, so following that, so you've gone to study music management, you've put yourself through your degree and everything as, mm-hmm. as a mature student of 20-odds. <laughs> and then yeah. you, you thought... Stuff this. I'm 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 gonna go and photograph some buildings, some architecture and, and take that up instead.
1: Yeah, well I, I came out of that that course, that uni degree, and I went and did a internship um at a record label or a management company um in Camden <clears throat> and I did I did the internship for about six months and then a full-time job came up and they, they were encouraging me to apply for it. They said, you should really go for this. You know, you've settled in well, you've done really well here. And I think I'd made it, they had one, they had a several bands, they were a Canadian company, had several bands, but they had one big British band on their roster that, you know, if I said the name, I won't say who they are, but if I said the name now, everyone would know who they were. Um, uh, They're from Wales, I'll put it that way. And they, and I wasn't the biggest fan of that band. And that was one of the reasons that they chose me and this other lad to go on to the internship because they didn't obviously want people getting too close, you know, right. and that sort of thing, which I understood. So they said, you know, you should go for this job. So I applied for it. The other guy didn't. And they ended up and I went through two or three interviews and they ended up giving the job to this, 17 year old kid straight out of college who ran at the time the biggest unofficial myspace page for that band (laughs) and i thought well if anyone says you know ardent fan then that says (laughs) um i definitely didn't have a, a myspace page for that band whether it was big or small so yeah yeah i didn't get it and i and i kind of thought wow that's that it literally is who you know yeah so I, I, from there, I thought, no, I'm not, I don't want to be involved in this. I'd rather just stand on stage with a guitar around my neck rather than do any anything else in the industry. Um, and I kind of, yeah, so I needed a job. I fell into working in like internal comms jobs and right. in corporates and things like that. But as that happened, I started the photography again. I'd always done it as a kid, but I started it up a little bit more seriously and took it more seriously as a hobbyist. Um, And then throughout those various jobs that I was doing over, I think, maybe 10 years, I started developing a real skill for it. I started, you know, getting customers, I suppose. And then, yeah, it was only in my last job when I was working at HMRC of all places in a design team. And I had a really, really good boss there. And she would let me, she would let me accept commissions from clients and, you know, and take the time off as, A creative day or something and just go and do these jobs and just build up my own portfolio um so yeah and it kind of went from there and eventually i got to the point where i thought well if i did this full time i might be able to actually make something of it so yeah that was eight years ago i think
0: that's fascinating so but why the i mean you could you could have gone and taken photos of anything right food people yeah. I mean, I know food's a big thing, you know, getting yeah, the yeah. steam coming off and all this. Yeah. And you you, cho- you chose a built environment.
1: I did, yeah. Well, I, I think I kind of, I probably kind of fell into it because it, I've always had a fascination with it. I've always loved architecture. And the, more I, the more I've thought about it, particularly over the last few years, when people have asked me these questions, how, why architecture and how did you get into it? When I think back to being a kid, I can remember things like, um, I'm, a, I'm a big Tottenham fan, so I can remember walking up to the old White Hart Lane and on Worcester Avenue, the east stand was just this massive brick monolith stand with little turnstile gates at the bottom. And as a five or six-year-old, I, I can still remember turning around the corner with my dad and seeing it and thinking, wow, that is one hell of a brick wall. You know, and and at that age, I'd never seen anything like that. I can remember going to um, an adventure playground in Paris with my family when I was about nine or ten, and it was just built out of concrete. It was like a brutalist playground with, you know, ball pits and slides, but the whole thing was built of concrete. Um, I can remember going to Futuroscope in France when I was about 14 um, and just seeing all these futuristic-looking, weird-shaped buildings and you know, Eden Project, places like that, all these sort of the more I think about it, and the more I have thought about it, there are some significant experiences that I've had with buildings that have resonated with me and stuck with me. Um, So I think on some subconscious level, that's probably why I've gone down the architectural photography route. It's also it, it, you know, building a portfolio is relatively easy, because it's everywhere. Yes. so you can just walk around so long as you're taking your time and you you know you're trying to do it properly you're not just snapping you can walk around and there is you know you've got sort of relatively easy access to buildings on the street so um yeah i, I think i think that's probably how it, it was it was probably a subconscious choice but also a conscious choice as well
0: yeah do you think i mean <clears throat> with photography and, and being creative and everything do you think it's half of it's being able to spot the detail that other people sometimes miss. I mean, this is just my interpretation yeah. of what you do, that you're spotting the finer details, that the things that are slightly more hidden and a little less obvious that people have put into buildings.
1: I mean the the, the nature of my job means you have to because you you know, particularly when you're working with clients, they're they're employing you to to illustrate their project and that isn't just, you know, if that's if that's, I don't know, let's say a, as simple as a rear extension on a on a house. That's not just turning up and turning the camera on and pointing it at the kitchen. It can be in terms of a big contextual shot, but you then need to look for the design principles. You then need to look for, you know, is there repetition in the design? Is there is there a story into you know why the steel is there? Is there a what junctions are there between the two, between the materials, what materials are there. It's, it's all of those things. So you, you do have to, you have to have your eye open for it. Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of second nature to me now. Um, and I like to see CGIs and renders and plans, you know, before I go to a job, um, just to have some kind of idea of what is there so that I I can make notes and be aware of it when I'm on site. And I often like to go and, carry out recce so that you can do the same sort of thing you know before you actually attend the shoot you can you just get a sense of what's going on there where the light is you know um what time of day is it better to shoot that part because of the way the sun moves and um and then you can plan your day around that so there's definitely an element of that absolutely more so than anything else but the clients that i work with i know they also appreciate just my compositional eye, you know, and and I'm drawn to shapes. I'm drawn to slightly odd compositions, I suppose. I really like sort of graphic bold forms. And that comes back to my childhood of liking graphic design and wanting to go down that route. Um, So a lot of my, a lot of the images that I create, um, either for for myself or for clients, particularly ones that I'm most favourites and most, Proud of are ones where there are some sort of shapes going on or bold forms going on, not just the documenting side of it. It's you know like a big hero. Wow, look at that! Um, so yeah, uh, you're you're right. There's definitely an element of being able to see something that maybe others can't. But sometimes you 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 either can do that or sometimes you have to work for that, and yeah. you know that's, that's that both of those apply to me. You know, I was I guess to the. Average Joe, I can maybe see things a little bit clearly and see things a little bit differently. I'm thinking laterally as well in order to find those details. I'm not just looking at a scene and going, bang, there's the photo. Um, But at the same time, yeah, sometimes it, it does just it does just come naturally to me.
0: It's, I mean, it's, for me, it's fascinating. It sounds like like storytelling through images. I mean, I'm quite image heavy anyway. I kind of rely on that rather than words. And, yep. you know, I prefer Instagram and things like that. So so <laughs> I, 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 I get it. And I, I just, I think it's so interesting. Tell me it, some it, of the best things that you've, you've photographed, Neil.
1: i photographed, I mean... Some of your favourite
0: projects or best things or...
1: Yeah, I, I, w- I will just I will just touch on what you just said there about because mm. the, the word that you've used there, which is which is accurate, is storytelling, and, and it it is exactly that. Um, you know, there was, and that, I guess to some degree ties in with with your next question. Um, so, in, in addition to my own work, I, I work with another chap called James Terry, and we set up Terry and Perry, um, and we solely work with architects. Um, and we produce cinematic films, as well as the photography. Um, and one of the properties, one of the projects that we went to, to cover for uh, under that name was a place um, in Loughton in East London or Essex. And uh, it, it was, it was a huge new build residential project, uh, one, one house, But the, in the garden, when we meant to, when we meant to meet the architect and meet the homeowners in the garden was this huge, um, I don't know, I can't remember what type of tree it was, but it was a huge tree. It wasn't an oak tree. Um, and when you looked at the house and looked at the plans, it was, it was designed around that and the way the house was positioned and sort of sunk down a little bit and the way the garden was built up and landscaped around this tree was to protect the tree's roots. And, if you're just looking at that in the back garden, people don't see it. Most people won't see it. We could see that there was something to do with the tree. We weren't quite aware of the root system thing, but we could see that the shape of the building was kind of wrapping around this tree. It wasn't butted up against it, but you could see that it was it was responding to the position of the tree. Um, and so, and the architect confirmed that. And so we, we built the film and we, you know, and the, the the photography set, but particularly the film around that, that was the story of that house was that tree. And that film, I don't think you really see the house until maybe 10, 20, 30 seconds into the oh, film. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's all about the tree, the garden. You get snippets of the house and snippets of the, of the property, but it's, it's making sure that you you're concentrating the viewer on the, the fundamental aspect of that project. And what drove the design of that project was that tree. So right. that was that was what we had to make sure that we illustrated. I um, love this.
0: No, this is but, like, for me, this is like, wow. Because <laughs> I, I like to think I'm a little bit creative and I, I think that's how my brain runs. So yeah. when I hear somebody talking about their passion and the things they create, and I just really love it. I really feed off of that. For me, it's
1: brilliant. Yeah. It, it I, I mean, I find it really interesting, and, and and I mean, like everyone who's got a great job and they enjoy their job, everyone says it's the best job in the world. But you know, and there are, you know, I, I personally, for me, it is the best job in the world. It's the best one that I've ever had. It, it doesn't mean that every single day is easy, and it doesn't mean that every single day is enjoyable because it's not. You know, there are projects that you go to, and you're going with a either a new client and they perhaps don't quite get your style, they've just booked a photographer, or you're going with an existing client. And you know, you're you're going down the loyalty route in that they're an existing client, they're a friend, you shoot their project, and it might not be to your taste or your particular favourite, but you've still got to do the job. So it's not, you know, it's it's not all singing all dancing and glory days all over. Um, But yeah, it's definitely it's definitely a lot of fun. I, I was just as I'm talking. I'm trying to think of, like you said, my one of my favourite projects. Yeah. Um, I, I photographed a. There's a there's a brilliant architect that I work with called DKCM, and they do uh, most of their stuff is is fun. Really? Like the design itself, there's some fun to it. Um, could be anything could be colored beans could be whatever it is it, it's just, I just find it fun yeah um, again it's subjective but i i, I photographed a, a a project that they are still working on and but had completed a particular phase um and that was the art center in harrow harrow art center as it's known um and it had they they converted one part of this old building into a dance studio and the rafters and the beams up into the ceiling. And that structure was exposed, and they painted them yellow. And it, it was brilliant. So it was all vaulted with all these yellow beams and timbers crisscrossing and what have you. And then the dance studio at the bottom. And uh, i I sort of said, oh, it would be great if we could get some people in here. And they did, they went and got some kids from the from the dance school. And I just set the camera up. And I just That's said, brilliant. you dance. Uh, and we had—I can remember getting. Um, there was one girl who was really good at sort of jumps through the air, sort of thing, like bloody reindeer. <laughs> and she ran in from the side and 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 did like this massive jump with splits in mid air. And I just caught her in, in mid air with this huge building around it. And I just thought, wow. It and it, that that whole project ended up in Architectural Review um, because of uh, the lead architect on it. Um, and it was great. It was just, it was a lot of fun. I think it was more that it was a lot of fun to do. And most of the time, those are the jobs that I remember, the ones that are fun on site yeah. and that you get home and you look, you're look, you already looking forward to the post-production work and seeing, you know, seeing the magic come to life, so to speak.
0: I love that. That's fascinating. Um, I always wish that I went into something a bit more creative. You know, I always, I always wanted to go to art school yeah, I always wanted to be an artist. And, you know, when you were talking about that certain age where you lost your way but you found a guitar and I, I just lost my way and found nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just
1: you, become despondent. you done all right out nothing. of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you've done all right there. I, think I done have, yeah.
0: yeah. No, no, no. Things, have, things have gone well. Things have gone well, but it just, it makes me feel, a li- I guess I feel a little bit envious of you. And I I know that it's, it's kind of a big word. And I know you're freelance, and I and I, I'm kind of glorifying it. And I imagine it's not all easy, and it is it is hard work. And you know, like you said, not all days are brilliant. Some days you just have to pull your socks up and go and do things. And
1: you do, yeah. I mean, it's you know there there are there are perks and the opposite of perks, whatever that is. Um, as there are with ev- with every job and with every career. You know, it's. I, I don't get holiday I do get yes. holiday but I don't earn any money from it you know just the standard self-employed stuff but you know one, I've, I rationalized that with myself before I even started the job full-time because it was all I wanted to do was work for myself um I, I, I got to a point in my last job I, I got to a point where I thought uh, you know I, I've, I've not really sort of uh, a few people know about this but not not too many but i got i got to the point where i thought i will make myself ill if i carry on doing not that job but yeah. this if i carry on not doing what i want to do yeah i will make i I'd, I'd lost all drive to quote unquote work for the man and for you know seemingly seeing the fruits of your labor just sort of almost dismissed or down you know falling down the rabbit hole in the corporate world and the corporate machine and all I wanted to do was something creative I I I, at the time I was starting to see myself as a failed designer and a and 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 a bit of a you know a, a failed musician and because I couldn't see you know despite people saying you know you've done this you've achieved that and you've you know what done that there and what have you I couldn't see that yeah, and all I wanted was a, a a job, a career where I could be creative, I could be myself, I could learn every day and grow every day, and th- that's you know I was I was looking at going back to university, going to study again, but you know I just I didn't know what I wanted to do. All I wanted to do really was photography, um, and yeah, it it, it took it took a little while to sort of for me and my wife here to to really realise that I, I have to give this a go. I, yeah. I I I don't think I will end up very well if I keep going down this route and not doing something that will, I know will make me happy. And I knew that I could do. That was the crucial thing for me. I know that I can make this work. Um. So yeah, like you say, it's not all fun and games every day. Yeah. It's just a job now. The novelty has worn off. But those sort of, you know, days where it is fun, and you are working with a great client, and you can have a, you know, good conversation of a day, and you can explore a design and a project and, you know, be inspired and overawed by it. You know, I, I love I live for those days. I love those days now. And I, I always say it's my privilege to be asked to go and photograph somebody else's project. Yeah. It's my privilege. It's, it's no more than that. I, I,
0: yeah. I just want to touch on how brave you are, actually, to take that kind of leap, because a lot of people are unhappy in what they do. A lot of people. <clears throat> Most people, in fact, I'd imagine, are fairly unhappy in what they do. And yeah. they do it because it's a steady wage, it's a steady income, and they can do it, and it's not that much stress for them. But to realise that, first off, that's making you really brutally unhappy, and to step out of that and kind of set up on your own with no backup just thinking yeah. i can actually do this i can do this i can get the clients i can make the money because we all know what it's like living around here it's not it's not free is it you know no no, no, no. <laughs> it's not no
1: it's definitely not free
0: and the bills don't stop coming in so to no. take that leap is is massive
1: i think there's there's thank you for saying that and recognizing that i mean i, th- I think it's there's, there's two parts of that for me in that, or two sides to that coin, I suppose, I actually found that leap pretty easy to make. Because at the time I was making it, I had already, you know, I'd already done sort of five or six paid commissions, and repeat work from uh, repeat business from, you know, one or two of the same clients. So I knew what I was capable of doing. So, and I was confident in, in my ability and my ability to learn and develop and grow as I, as I did more of it. But at the same time, I think I found it easy to make that change because of how bad I was feeling about the other side of it. And I think if I if it was just a case of oh well yeah it would be great to do that I'm not I don't really particularly enjoy my my job at the minute so maybe then that might be harder to sort of start the ball rolling in that process but because I was really really dead set on not doing what I was doing and I mean it would I would break down it would make me upset at home it yeah. would it would get me you know get me anxious um i i i forever felt like at, i can't remember how old i was then i'm 42 now so mid 30s i was starting to feel like my peers were starting to get further away from me in terms right. of jobs and careers that they were doing um and the way they were progressing and that's again that, that's just that isn't necessarily the case but that was just my interpretation of it and so I, I sort of starting to feel a bit desperate, and I I I need I need to do this. I need to do something different. I know what it is that I want to mm. do, but I think I found it easy to make that change because I was feeling so bad about the yeah. other side of it. Yeah. No,
0: it's, it's it, no, it's it's fascinating. I think it's always fascinating to find out what drives people to change and to take that leap. When it, you know, I've spoken to quite a few people who've taken massive leaps in their career and and huge risks you know like yeah I, I don't think you're any exception although you obviously knew that you could make it work which was one thing which yeah. is brilliant but um no it's brilliant thank you for sharing that with me no that's all, right. all right now i want to touch on i'm gonna grab that puppy now because she's whining <laughs> 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 I'm, gonna, it. I'm gonna grab the puppy and then I'm gonna go on to Sheepdogs UK. <laughs> okay, no worries. It seems a good time to. to All right. <laughs> so unprofessional. um Yeah. So what I want to touch on now, Neil, mm. is obviously we spoke a lot about you and yeah. where you started and what you've done your past and I wanna talk about what you're doing at the moment with She Builds UK. So it's a, I mean, it's a fascinating project. So if you could tell us a little bit about that, how that started Uh, off.
1: So She Builds UK was something that I started, uh, I came up with the idea of it at the sort of autumn towards the end of last year, 2022. Um, And so I've got two kids, my son, who's nearly 11, and my daughter, Jessie, who is eight eight, eight and a bit. Um, and we were out, me and Jessie were out last year, having a walk, uh, so she was seven then, and we were just chatting on the way to one of our after school clubs. And I said to her, what do you want to do when you grow up? And she said, what jobs do girls do? So I said well you can you can do any job that you want to do she and her response was well I can't be a builder only men are mm-hmm. builders and it just hit me over the head like a hammer and I thought well that's you know what why you and I know and listeners will know that that is quite a I'm not going to use the word legitimate but that is <laughs> that that exists that thought yeah. process exists in 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 life um you know that certain jobs and in certain industries are for men and not for women um and vice versa and but what struck me was that at 7 at the age of 7 what had she seen read been told heard watched whatever it is that already made her acknowledge and recognize that gender stereotype and more than anything else as a dad I I just didn't like it. Yeah. So I, I I kind of thought, well, I work with a bunch of different clients and they're all in the built environment, construction industry, you know, architects, designers, whatever. Um, and some of those clients directly are women. Some of those clients have women that work for them and with them. So there must be something that I can do. And I kind of had this idea that or maybe I'll just sort of like photograph five or six of these people and more than anything else to sort of show them to Jess and say, there you go, yeah. you're wrong. Um, and yeah, so I kind of, I, that was the idea. I came up with, <laughs> I came up with a really, really awful rubbish name. To start with which and it was so (laughs) literally ron seal does exactly what it says on the tin i thought this is ridiculous so i then i then came up with she builds uk and i just thought well it's quite a positive sounding name it's quite a you know show some ambition and some ownership um all this that and the other and i i put it on linkedin i think something like that i can't remember where as just if anyone knows anyone that would like yeah. to take part. And, and it was literally that, you know, no more than like 10 people or something that I would just be able to get and photograph them and just do like a little thing. And before I knew it, it it, it absolutely snowballed. And I had somebody from ACOM and somebody from Bechtel who both separately contacted me wanting to be involved, heavily involved and might be able to help fund it. And so the three of us kind of joined forces, myself, Anita from ACOM and Marwa from Bechtel. Um, and yeah, we we came up with this project that we would use photography of people, women that work in construction in, you know, any, any level of the hierarchy from any background for any company in any role. And um, we would use that photography to try and inspire younger females, especially, but also, you know, older working females to consider the construction industry as a place to work. Um, and yeah, it kind of, it blew up. We, we ended up photographing, I think 60 women. Wow. And we, yeah, we, we, the project was launched in, in May, uh, this year we, with an exhibition at the building center, um, since then, it's been, we've we've taken on Ricks as an official supporter, and we've had the exhibition held there for, I think, two months over the summer. Um, it's just finished a run at uh, Poplar Riverside, which is a development by Barclay um, in East London. And we're in conversations about how we might be able to work with them a bit more in the future. They they got schools involved. They had schools come in, uh, I think two or I think they had four or five actually oh, that my. came and visited. Did workshops there. Yeah. Um. It's we've had the yeah we've done a digital version of the exhibition and that's been in you know presented at various places. Um. It, yeah. So it's just kind of snowballed. I think is the right is the right word. It it's been a bit overwhelming because I I just I didn't expect it. Um. You know, there was one week alone where we had something like 250 schools from across England that emailed registered interest and joined the mailing list because the Department for Education posted out about SheBuilds UK. (laughs) And that was a bit overwhelming. Um, So we're we're kind of, we're in a really good place. We've got a really good thing going. We're just trying to navigate and find our feet a little bit as to how we're going to start taking things forward and, what we might be able to do. I think we're, we're on to something in over the last couple of months. um. But yeah, it's exciting, but it is, it's a bit overwhelming as well.
0: It's, it's gone crazy. I mean, it went everywhere, didn't it? But it's the impact of what you're doing and what you did. I mean, it's huge, isn't it? I mean, it all started with your daughter. Yeah. And now it's, it's impacted so many like you said you had so many schools contacting you and it shows it's it's what people need almost they need to be aware it, of these role it, models and these people out there
1: exactly it, it's it's relevant and i think the the thing that we've got behind it is an authentic backstory which is you know is genuine i mean you've you met jess when you came to the launch you know obviously you've taken part in yeah. she builds you were photographed for it as well um and you you met jess and she's enthusiastic about it she's a showman anyway. So she she likes, you know, playing up to the camera and what have you. Um, I think it's got an authentic backstory that says a lot. I think when you're particularly when you're trying to pitch the idea of using She Builds UK to do something or put it in somewhere, if you've got an authentic story, I'm starting to realise that that counts for a lot. Um, it's also just a very, very real problem. And I, I kind of, I, I half-jokingly sort of say, you know, let's approach these people because can you say no to this? If you say no to this, you're essentially admitted <laughs> no problem and we don't really care. And that's yeah. where I think, oh, you can't really say no, can you?
0: <laughs> you so, can't no without no. being a bit of an arse.
1: <laughs> exactly, this is it. What, what what I'm finding is that rather than say no, people just don't reply. And I okay. think, there's okay, your way out. You're just not replying, all right. But, yeah. But actually, most people have engaged with it positively, really positively. Um, And and I think that's probably what's made it a bit overwhelming. The fact that the reaction has been so positive, but also the amount of positive reactions that people are also then following that through with emails about, can we try this? Could we do that? Can we bring it? And it's at the minute, essentially, there's three of us involved in it. But the exhibition side of it is a one man band. Yeah. You know, I'm having to sort of take time off work to and borrow the car to sort of go and install it somewhere and oh, wow. pay to get all the materials printed up again and this, that, and the other. So it it's kind of, it, it feels like it's, to me, it feels like it's just like a fledgling exhibition, but it also appears in inboxes and what I have yeah. you. It appears, so people think it's much bigger than it is.
0: Okay. And yeah. Yeah. That,
1: that's that's the bit that I'm trying to sort of temper things a little bit and think we need to be able to walk before we can run.
0: Yeah, and that must be quite hard because it's, it's obviously got a lot of legs. And like you say, there's only three of you doing it who all have full-time jobs. Yeah, yeah, this is, yeah. So this isn't like anyone's full-time job to take responsibility for this and no. do this. This is kind of no. like... Something that was good to do, something that you felt was necessary to do, and something yeah. you didn't think would take off quite the way that it has. I,
1: I really didn't think it would, and I really thought it would be almost a one-off. But I, yeah. I think because of because of what I've inadvertently hit upon, and and particularly that time where you know I was doing all the shoots and you know basically had sixty women stand in front of me at any one time, uh, and hearing those stories from from people like yourselves and. Um, finding out about them and their their own backstories and challenges that they've faced, or people that they know, and that's that opened my eyes to it. And I thought, wow, I'm, I'm actually, yeah, I kind of now feel like there's some kind of not responsibility. I mean, there is, but some kind of I guess it is that duty or responsibility to to take this as far as I can, as far as we can, yeah, to, to Fight again, quote unquote, to fight that that problem and that gender stereotype, which that cuts across every other industry. I'm not Plus, saying it. Yeah, but, yeah you know, I, I acknowledge that it isn't just construction, yeah. but that's obviously the world and the, the sort of the space that I'm I work in. Um, so yeah, it's 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 been great. It's been really, really good. Uh, a really enjoyable experience. I've learned a lot about myself doing it. I've learned a lot about the industry. Uh, you know, the research and the statistics that we found in, in that process it was eye-opening. Um, you know, what was the, the, the headline one? The headline stat that I pulled out was something like uh, women make up 14% of the UK's construction industry workforce, which is bad enough. But the worst part for me was that figure hasn't changed for 20 years. Yeah. No, it's and if you read it that, that made me think this isn't just a construction problem. This is an education problem. This is, uh, this, this is, this is a, a younger generation problem. You know, this isn't because women don't know about it or, no. you know, this is young girls are not shown this world. Then they're, they're, they're just, then they're, they're not encouraged. Maybe they are shown it, but they're not encouraged. It's, oh. you know, that, stem subjects yeah. all of those things it, it you know it's it's about showing girls that you know there is a there is absolutely a space for you in those in in those areas of work you know
0: yeah and I think it shows how well people have done and that you yeah. know like you said it's the bigger picture isn't it it's the picture that you can do anything you want to do really as it well. is you exactly don't, that don't uh, be limited.
1: no you no you, no not at all and You know, the the whole reason why I thought the photography side of it would work is because, you know, I thought back to when I was a kid and what did I like? You know, as as a as a football fan, I I used to love reading books about Paul Gascoigne or, you know, watching, you know, footballers on TV. And as a music fan, I had posters of Kirk Bain and whoever all over my bedroom wall. I had people and faces to look at and people to look up to and aspire to. And that's why I thought, well, the photography side of this might do something because yes. if I can, if I can create something, a series of images that present women from the industry in a consistent way, in a consistent style, where the only thing that really shines out that's different is their face, their hair, their clothing, piercings, tattoos then we're removing every single stigma about that individual. And we're just showing personality and their profile, their written profile next to the image. And that that way kids especially can look at them. And I think I, I said to everyone, you probably remember me saying it, I wanted them to look like trading cards. Yes. I wanted, yeah, I wanted yeah. all these images to look like, to look the same and for kids to go, oh, I like the girl with the pink hair, or I yeah. like the girl wearing the Arsenal shirt. And, You know, those sorts of things. Um, And it just gives people a face to look at and think, wow, I want to be like Katie who drives cranes. I want to be like, you know, um, I don't know, Hannah, who makes sure the water comes through taps properly and, you know, all that sort of stuff. It's, yeah, that was why I did it.
0: It's about representation, isn't it? it's about seeing people that you see yourself in. Oh, they yeah. look like me or you know they can't obviously come from the same background as i do or yeah and it's it's i like to say I, i'm very visual as well so that that's exactly how i work and i i think it's one of the key things that stands out to me to your exhibition and uh going and looking at all the photos of everyone and you kind of yeah. you know you inadvertently you relate to people with how they look and we, and we all do that we all I do you okay, do so. but
1: you you also the, the other side to it was that you know, I I wanted people I wanted people to to judge people to judge the faces,
0: yeah.
1: Of the people in the image, because I then wanted them to read that the, the profile, the written profiles are just as important as the image. Yes. And I then wanted people to be able to read those profiles and think, wow, actually, okay, yeah. there's she's doing that. Or, you know, I mean, I I tell the story that you know, people say to me, quite or ask me the same question quite a lot you know what did i learn from doing the from doing the photography and from the the project and one of the one of the things that i always say is it humbled me because whenever i had anyone in the in front of the camera to to photograph i i i, I was always the least qualified person in that room <laughs> at, at, you know what i mean there was always and and that I'm not saying that, that that surprised me because the person opposite me was yeah. a woman but it just reminded me yeah. that you know it doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman you can have the same qualification and you can do the same job if you've got the same qualification and when you know when i i've heard so many people say yeah but it's a bit hard on a construction site in it because you can't you know they're not physically they're not they're, you know they're known for not being strong as, as strong as men so you know can't always carry stuff around and I think it's such a weak argument because yeah, that, if that's the case, let that be the woman's choice.
0: Yeah.
1: Don't that's say, so don't don't make the choice for her that you can't do that because men are stronger. Let the woman decide that she can't do that. Give her the opportunity to decide that she can't do that. And you might be surprised. Maybe she can do that. Maybe she's got a different method that means she can, she can do it in a different way to a man, but she still gets the job done.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, it's, and at the bottom of all of this, it's my daughter. Yes. You know, I I I just want to show her and my son, actually, you know, yeah. to show boys that, you know, women are, are capable um, you know, of working in that industry. Um it, yeah, it's I always come back to how will Jess perceive this? What will yeah. she think? What would what does she take from it?
0: I think. I think you've made her very proud. And having met Jess, she's she's an amazing Young woman, um, so she's fantastic, and I think one thing I have got in common with Jess is that Jess at age was it Jess at age seven, yeah, and Katie at age thirty thought when I was asked to be a crane operator, thought women don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. when you're talking about things, haven't changed for twenty odd years, and the numbers haven't changed, no. uh, the mind the mindset hasn't either. So <laughs> we are not in common.
1: And I, I think that that's a lot of it. Really, is is it, it's. It's just about showing particularly the younger girls, but you know, there are people out there that, you know, we talked right at the beginning of this about somebody male or female, really, but somebody that made a career change. And there are women out there that have, whether it's just transferable skills or maybe they're thinking about retraining and studying something different. Um, You know, why discount the construction industry just because you think, oh, it's male dominated. Yeah it might well be male dominated it is male dominated yeah. but there are plenty of women in the industry that are as you said earlier on you know are are doing it are succeeding and you know it, it it's why it's why when we came to choosing the people you know that wanted to take part and it did get to a point where we had to cut the line you know we just had so many it it, it was it, it would, we would have been there forever um <laughs> We wanted that diverse cross-section of, yeah. of the hierarchy more than anything else. I wanted someone who was right at the top of the tree, a director of some sort. You know, we've got Sue who is, you know, works with the Cabinet Office and has been involved in, in you know, the Cabinet Office side of things. And then we've got, as I said earlier on, Chanel, who's a, who's a trainee. Annie, who's still at uni. Um, and people like that, it's right across the, the hierarchy. And it, it shows that there is a role and a space for girls and for women at whatever part of the hierarchy you're at.
0: Love it. Neil, I'm going to ask you one more question to end okay. today. Yeah. Um, what's one thing we can all do to make the construction industry a little bit better for everyone?
1: Oh, blimey. You got I know it's,
0: it's always a big one. I always stump people with it, but...
1: What is, say that again, ask me again. One
0: thing we can all do to make the construction industry a little bit better for everyone.
1: Um, Well, I'm going to say what we've been talking about. I'm going to say be more open, be more um, receptive to women working in in the industry, increase diversity on on all counts. Um, But for me, particularly on the gender front, and yeah, build fewer glass buildings. There we go.
0: <laughs> Love it. Thank you so much, Neil. Thank you for coming on today. It's been really fascinating for me. I Sorry appreciate I it. No, not all. No, it's, it's, it's been fascinating. Thank you. No,
1: you're more than welcome. No worries.